Welcome back to the Bad Activist Podcast. In this episode, we're talking about compensation and activism and organizing. Yeah, I'm super excited. We're going to be diving into lots of different things, talking about the NGO industrial complex, power hoarding, wealth hoarding, um, you know, what it means to compensate for our work, labor, and all that jazz. So listen in. Well, this is the first time we've kind of been together recording a podcast since the OG Bad Activist days. Will it be as chaotic as the initial podcast episodes that we used to record? I do wonder. We can only hope so. We can only dream. Do you have any particular conspiracy theories or recipes that you want to share, Kashona? No, I was thinking again recently about the Avril Lavigne conspiracy theory mm. uh, because I was talking about it with my partner and that's just always a classic. Um, but not really. I was actually thinking about how it's been about like a whole year, a little over a year since we started and I was thinking about how far we've actually come where we just started sporadically recording episodes and now we have a whole collective and a platform. I was kind of thinking about that and that's that's something and I was thinking that we actually needed to maybe take a little time to celebrate because I feel like we always just keep going <laughs> and we keep looking to the next thing um, but we haven't even really taken a moment to, to really realize how far we've come already. That's so wholesome and cute. I know, it's wild, isn't it? We started, I guess, relaunching this in January. When you said that today, Julia, I was just like, what? Where has time gone? It's May. What? I'm so confused. What is time? It is both standing still and moving very, very quickly. <laughs> I, yeah, it's, it's kind of beyond me. I'm a little bit like, but yeah, I think you're totally right, Kish. So much of this has come a long way. And like to anyone listening, we're really grateful that you're here for the ride. And I'm really grateful for both of you. Thank you for sticking out this wild ride of ours. It's been fun. This is the episode where we cry. Change the topic. This is just a best friend song. Nobody wants to listen to this. Julia's just like, no, honestly, um, I just really hope to see y'all in person sometime soon. Ugh, I've been thinking about that a lot. I miss all my homies in all their places around the world. And the very hilarious tweet of like internet friends are so weird because you know their deepest trauma and you've mm. never seen their legs. And I'm like, yes. Oh my gosh, that's so true. <laughs> I mean, yeah, it's it's kind of wild, especially in like, at least in the activist and organizing spaces, there are so many of my good friends who I have actually never met, which is kind of wild. But yeah, to kind of go back to the previous point of meeting activists for the first time and just talking about all of these rad people that you really respect and all the labor and the work that they do, this episode is talking about compensation, which, you know, just to kind of get things straight for me, I'm thinking more kind of financial compensation. You know, we live in a world where I want to say, unfortunately, because of the the fact that this uh, world has also been very destructive and money has corrupted a lot of people, but we live in a world where money is the currency. And I have a very firm belief that what activists do um, is labor. It's obviously so much more nuanced than just saying that all activists deserve to be paid. But for me, I stand quite firmly about where I am on that. Um, 
And it's also something that bad activists really believes in. Like, we have an ethos around compensation. Yeah, I mean, I think it's interesting also, like, to see, you know, where we're framing this. And I think that this conversation of, like, paying activists and educators for their their labor, their expertise, honestly, like, reliving their trauma every fucking day, trying to educate people, Mm. um, is something that also comes about, I think, especially in the social media space, which is, like, what, um, you know, where we specifically work with, like, um, on on compensating contributors who uh, write pieces and, like, um, and create art and stuff for, for our channel is that, like, when we're talking about this, we're talking about, like, specifically, like, brands and organizations that are profiting off of or learning from um from activists from educators um and so a lot of times I feel like the the conversation can be all over the place because it's like what exactly are we talking about but you know I've been just seeing this trend of basically brands using um activists to be like well yeah you need to educate me and therefore I will not be like paying consultants to uh do like diversity and inclusion training or like teaching me about sustainability right. and some shit and so it's like part of it is like that is that the the educational aspect of it and then the other part is that I think that on social media things can get super extractive and people are like co-opting other people's work um maybe both like legitimately like stealing art from designers and then putting it out and pretend and like not crediting or this kind of like exposure as currency in which everyone is like ah like Mm. but but like we have whatever and I'm like but if you're like building either a brand like that you're selling products or a brand of being like a woke space whatever the fuck that means like and you're building it off of other people's work then you're like well we should talk about compensation. There was such a weird podcast that I was invited to be part of, um, which was all about mental health. And I asked about compensation and the woman who was running it literally clapped back and she was just like, you should be honored to be part of this podcast. There are 300,000 people who follow us on Instagram and we will share your work and your story with them. Like, I'm like, bitch, I'm talking about my traumas and you are literally profiting off my voice by using that content to create awareness around the quote-unquote mental health brand that you have created. And then there's, you know, I've kind of mentioned this already, but like there is so much nuance to it because I do see a lot of folks who potentially, you know, use their platforms and again, social media here to market products that may not necessarily be in line with their beliefs. And like, that is such a gray area in so many ways like I'm I don't feel comfortable necessarily telling people how to earn their money especially because like we live in a world where not everyone has access to wealth and you know it's it's really complicated but at the same time does that kind of dilute the messaging of the realms that we operate in and things I'm saying this is someone who has done online marketing to support my bills and mean that I can do things like this for free. And I think, you know, at the end of the day, what matters is kind of talking about this stuff openly and being really transparent. Yeah, I think you do see a lot more people who are in these spaces, like the social media advocacy space, because it's kind of a weird mix between you're treated like an influencer who 
sometimes most of the time influencers don't even get paid because they also get the same Mm. they get the same exposure bullshit but then also it's like you're coming in from more of like an educator or storyteller type of um, perspective Mm. and educators also get paid shit so you're really um getting the short stick of both um for sure um but because of that i feel like i have seen more communities coming together to talk about this like the a few pay me uh page to make this more of like almost like a a union (laughs) of these people like being like okay we have to do something about this because this is so unfair and I feel like if there are activists in specific spaces who get paid it's always the same few that you can count on one hand which is also extremely unfair for sure and you know what's really interesting as well is i find these conversations which are super critical of activists earning money not in the sense of kind of like you don't redistribute your wealth or you're wealth hoarding or like you're working with someone who is like directly harming the planet not those kinds of conversations but the conversations where people are like oh, but, you know, you are uh, critical of capitalism, you're critical of the system that we live in, but yet you still choose to take money and say that you deserve to be paid, ha ha ha. And it's kind of the same as like, oh, well, you know, you're apparently an environmentalist, but I saw you eat from a plastic bag the other day, kind of malarkey and just kind of criticize people for things like that. I mean, it's obviously a lot more complicated than those examples that I mentioned, but It's just really funny because I have spoken about this issue quite vocally online before and I have had mostly supportive messages of people agreeing, like I'd say 95% of the messages were like that. And then there's just like this 5% which are just like, yeah, you're so critical of the system, yet you uh, want money. Activists don't deserve to be paid. Activists should work for free and blah, blah, blah. And then I'm just like, you do not understand the nuance and the privilege behind that, like... There are so many activists who can't, if they are asked to do a job by a company or something, they don't have the capacity to do things for free. And it creates a structure where wealthier activists who can volunteer can just like work for free. But I also kind of want to like dial it back beyond the social media space and think, well, we can't physically compensate all activists in organizing spaces. Like part of the reason why organizing is so powerful is because there are people who genuinely believe in causes who come together and like put their labor towards specific causes. And like in those kinds of spaces, you know, I understand that it's really hard to compensate literally every single person that works on these movements well and i think that there's you know we're also talking about different things you know like when you're organizing and doing mutual aid work Mm -hmm. like that's part of being like doing community work which i think is really um important and i spend a lot of my time doing mutual aid work that like i will never be compensated for and would never expect to be compensated for because that's not like what the goal of that is but you know like when you have folks in spaces that are doing research and and organizing like via either through universities, through research centers, through think tanks, like those people are putting Mm. in an immense amount of labor. And like, we could get into talking about how, how people, you know, working on their, uh, working on masters or PhDs and they are like teaching literally Mm. people the next generation. They're not able to, um, to, to pay their bills. And, and, and I think that the reason why this gets really complicated is because then we start getting into like career organizers, which can get into like the nonprofit Mm. industrial complex, which gets really funky. Um, and, and I guess, 
like to back it up, the nonprofit industrial complexes, like this idea that nonprofits are kind of coming in and and co-opting social justice movements in in an attempt to basically like redirect activist energies away from like actual like mass-based organizing that can like really create change to these like career models um in which the goal isn't to disrupt and dismantle like systems of oppression it's to like you know like do some good in this tiny little niche that will like allow you to get like more money and keep the funding from either like the ngo sector or from foundations uh here but not actually like create change and so I think that like as activists and organizers like your goal should always be that like there should be a time when like you're no longer necessary like that should Mm -hmm. always be the goal in that space you know like maybe you take on another initiative do something else um and then like also there's where you get into the weird I think a big part of the nonprofit industrial complex is like the ability to allow corporations to like be colonial be exploitive be like super trash and then like as i say just kind of like laundering their image through like philanthropic work right well i do think that there are some nonprofits out there that do good work i think a lot of especially the really big nonprofits, and i'm like at some point you're just like a huge like maybe not money making as in like you're getting like profits for investors but you're basically like this huge machine that's like goal is to keep justifying why you're operating and and keep operating um yeah uh and so so i think like that's why it can get a little funky when we're like talking about it we're like not necessarily that people need to be like shoved into these like career organizing positions but the fact that like folks are expected to have other people exploit like their trauma their labor their work um and not get anything is is super whack you know, I, I, I'm going to be really frank in saying that the majority of spaces that tend to not offer compensation or like to who forego offering or like even entertaining the idea of compensation tend to actually be the platforms that have the capacity to pay. Usually a lot of people who aren't very engaged in like any justice work tend not to pay. Mm. From my experience, that's not always the case, but I have found that there are more people who want to pay me for my labor who don't necessarily have the funds to support people regularly. And I'm just like, damn, like it, it kind of all makes sense when you think about it. Like it is built on exploitation and not valuing people's labor and not seeing the stuff that they do as labor either. I've had so many conversations, you know, in the past where people literally do not think that activism or campaigning for the climate or campaigning for any justice issue or you know diversity and inclusion training or or what have you is labor and it's just like that shit's exhausting yeah they're like ah you should be honored that we would ever give a shit enough to talk to you about Mm. things yeah for sure it's crazy because i mean i've heard the term the term ngo industrial complex but nobody has ever broken it down for me and i've been talking to a person and we're not gonna name names who works at an NGO and it's just like everything you said is just like all the grievances that they've kind of been talking to me about I'm just like oh this is a check mark and that's a check mark and it's also I think very frustrating for um, people who end up in those positions who really want to do good work and are getting paid Mm. to do work and then realize that the actual influence you have is so small because it's just another system and it's not actually like 
you kind of explained, it's created to stay in a way and not to at some point be not needed anymore. So people can also move on and put their um, energy and labor into something else. Like what? Yeah. I mean, I think especially like in kind of international or international development or like humanitarian aid or like refugee stuff, like a lot of it is is also you're seeing that like these nonprofits are they're just everyone's just grappling at like the the symptoms of of mm-hmm. issues and in that way you're cutting off like the movements that are ti- that are attempting to get to like the core root cause of the issues um so i don't know it's weird also if you start like working because uh, i for a little bit like in college and stuff was working for some like big big nonprofits. you realize that all of the executive directors and stuff are like people from like like billionaire like millionaires from like the private sector that decide mm-hmm. that like after they've like made some like whatever like a bunch of money they want to go and do something like quote-unquote good and they like become executive directors of these like huge organizations and then just like run them like corporations and you're like yeah. Whoa, what the fuck is happening here mm, that is a narrative i've heard far too often And I mean, I don't deny that a lot of these organizations do do (laughs) some good work, but if that is the sort of model that people are using, it's essentially just an extension of exploitation and profiting off people's labor and not actually addressing the root causes of things and just prolonging, in many ways, actually prolonging the problem because I think there is a consensus that people can use these organizations for social licensing to continue to damage the planet, to continue exploiting people, and therefore we never like stop it in its tracks. And it's it's actually quite interesting, a little tea for you here. I'm not gonna name names though. If anybody wants to know, hit me up and I have no calms in <laughs> dishing the tea. Um but there is a particular big conservation organization Uh, who I've, like, spoken to quite a few times. Uh, (laughs) Yes. Julia was just miming the letters, the acronyms (laughs) of the organization, and, yeah, spot on. Um, And they don't compensate any of their advocates or anyone who promotes them, which is kind of weird because they obviously have the money to, like, run their facility, but when it comes to actually paying people to be their ambassadors or like do labor and promote them and get people to donate it's like no and then people are like well it's a cause you should volunteer your time if you're privileged you should do so i totally get that but they literally do not pay frontline activists who have offered them consultancy who have you know improved their image because I'm just going to say it, this organization in particular has had a history of killing indigenous people um, and doing, you know, conservation projects when in reality it's just kind of like a weird extension of colonization. So yeah, if you can't figure out by now what I'm talking about, then have a Google. And yeah, I just, you know, it's not surprising to me, but it's also just kind of like, really now? Like really, why is this your policy? Like, they refuse to compensate people. I think, I mean, it's really about what they prioritize. And I, I think it's very problematic that you can see very clearly that this is not something that they prioritize. Because when you see the actual numbers or when you can get them, they get an insane flow of money 
from so many different streams. Mm. It's definitely not that they're lacking money, but they're really just not putting any priority on compensating frontline activists whatsoever. And I think that's that's just like, that's the thing. If you don't have the money, there are other ways you can compensate people. There are other things you can do um, or try to do. Yeah. Or you can just be really honest. And I don't know, but this is not like, oh, you're small and like, I get it. Like, sure, it, you know, we'll see it as some kind of mutual aid situation. This is like billions of dollars that they are getting right. from yeah. uh, donations from like governments, from, I don't know. Polluting corporations. Yeah. You know what else is really wild is it takes me back to this whole incident, which I actually posted about uh, last year, which is, yeah, you know what, for, you know, making this convenient, I'm just gonna say the name of it. WaterAid reached out to me and they wanted to put me on this like list of environmentalists to follow. And I was like, okay, another one of these, you know, lists of environmentalists to support. And the guy who I spoke to, who was, okay, get this. They, WaterAid had hired a marketing agency to reach out to me, who they obviously paid thousands of pounds to, because this shit ain't cheap, to reach out to me, to ask me to create like five or six pieces of content or something along those lines to promote the charity, but offered no compensation to me. And then, you know, that is when I guess people might be like, oh, but you could do something for the charity. I'm just like, why would you go and pay thousands to a marketing agency, but not even consider paying activists? And then secondly, the guy was like, yeah, you know, um, the reason why we're doing this is because previously we used to do television adverts, but they're really expensive. And like, we, we can, you know, do a lot more with just asking activists to promote it through nominating them for this award. And I was just like, what? <laughs> And literally, it's just like, we're going to exploit you just so you know. <laughs> and the thing is, I would be happy to promote a cause that is obviously helping vulnerable people. But the sheer fact that it was like clearly trying to exploit our labor and not even pay certain activists, it was just like, the, the what? what? It just didn't make any sense to me. Um, so I went off on one because at this point I was just super tired of people asking me to work for free and create stuff for them. You know, it's so, people have such the audacity, right? To mm. like, to reach out to people and, and be like, oh, well, you have to educate me and you have to do all these things because if you want to see the world be better, then you must put in all of this emotional labor and I will not even do a Google search. <laughs> like, I don't know, I feel like it, that shit just gets like replicated over and over and over again. And in a lot of it is just like this like really, really extractive way of working with, with folks. And, and I think it's also interesting because it's like, these are specifically built around systems that are trying to run people into the ground mm. into which they like yeah. apathy and not caring anymore is the only solution. Cause like For sure. there comes a point where like you, you just can't, you can't do it anymore. There's too many things happening. Like, and you're just being so run down that like they're hoping that folks disengage. Like I yeah. feel like that's like at the end of the day, like, the, the goal of the systems, maybe not the individual people reaching out to you, but like, that's what 
the world is built on. Free labor is not sustainable, like in this world at least, you know, ah, let me just pay my bills through exposure. Ah, don't worry about me buying food. I'll just photosynthesize. I'm not a plant, Karen. Like this shit ain't gonna work for me. Sorry to put it so bluntly. But also, you know, I, I while we're here, I just kind of want to raise the point of like, activists within certain spaces or influencers or people who do social impact work earning money for their labor but not advocating for others to earn money for their labor too especially those from marginalized communities and who don't get the same opportunities and that I think is really important for like folks who make a lot of money off say proximity from the movement but don't do organizing work don't work with communities don't actively redistribute their wealth and like empower other people and open doors for other people that is when it kind of gets a bit tricky and I'm like guys this ain't it like yes every activist deserves to be compensated for their labor but like let's not act as though every activist is compensated like some will be compensated more than others and some will hold on to that wealth which is just not okay at all that's on celebrity (laughs) activism Mm -hmm. literally (laughs) like literally people will make thousands of their proximity millions even uh, as we've seen from their proximity to certain movements without actually getting involved and without actually radically understanding why these movements were born in the first place they are literally capitalizing off the labor of people who like poured blood sweat and tears into building these movements and that's not okay um so in terms of like yes compensate all activists that's where i'm kind of like but let's pick this apart because this is a big, big problem. And there was recently a celebrity who decided to be part of an H&M greenwashing campaign and that really did not sit well with the movement at all because H&M does not pay their garment workers, yet they paid this person undeniably a lot of money to be part of that campaign. So that's on that celebrity activism while useful in raising awareness raising awareness only gets so far yeah it's a whack time and i think that like also and i think that's where the disconnect happens in here is that like when we're having these conversations about like paying people for their labor and like paying activists like what comes to mind is people's like oh well people want to make like millions of dollars off of being an activist and we're like no we're talking about the people who spend literally like 80 hours a week like Mm. organizing and not making any money off of it and not being able to like support themselves or support like and pay their bills and we're like so I feel like the disconnect is always like so large because people think that like we're talking about people profiting off of Mm. activism when really we're just trying to say like you need to compensate people for the amount of work that they do the amount of uh, and so yeah, that's I think like what I want to always put down is like the disconnect because like whenever we say those things it's like yeah compensate people they're like you want to profit off of it and you're like wait where did that come from it's also the conversation where people are just are just like money doesn't buy happiness but it, like there are other people who are like um money buys me my health care insurance money buys me the ability to put a roof over my head money buys me food like these so-called rudimentary and basic human needs are not available to all people. And that's when we start to think, oh my God, they earned that much money from like doing that job. Like that's not worth that much. Or like they don't deserve to be paid. It's like, do you know how much it costs to live in this world? Because like I guarantee 90% of people 
will have that money go directly into surviving. Probably more than 90%. 99% of people will use that money to literally stay alive. Other folks who have disposable income, like, then maybe they can start looking at what else to buy. But like for most people, it's literally about survival, which I think is definitely not a conversation that's had enough. Yeah, mic drop. Mic drop. Money can't buy you happiness. <laughs> which is like so funny because that shit's like for, that's like saying like if you have like a billionaire, you're, if you're a millionaire, you're not any like happier than if you're super fucking rich, but like be able to have basic necessities, that's going to buy you happiness because yeah, right. <laughs> like, what the fuck? I want to say personally, I really identify with the, why don't we just print more money? We don't have to tell anybody just print more i like strongly identify with that because fuck that shit and i feel like that's just um i feel like it's in a way applicable to this conversation it's i don't know how my brain is not really oh my god you're gonna get the econ bros so angry (laughs) honestly fuck like trying to print more money let's just abolish money in the first place burn the money (laughs) oh anyways So yeah, thank you everybody for tuning in to this episode of the Bad Activist Podcast. I just kind of want to say first and foremost that no activists were harmed in the making of this podcast and that all of us were compensated for our labor. Woohoo! And yeah, if you are somebody who works uh, within a sort of um, business, corporation, whatever, what have you, you don't even have to be pay people that you uh get labor from like it's it's just the decent thing to do and if you can't like okay well yeah that's a that's a nuanced thing but pay people just do it yeah man dude support your local artists support your friends support your educators support your organizers like i mean i think that's what at at the end of the day is is like we value the work that people put out there in the world and we want to show that value back to them and that's it. That's all I got. Yeah, I think we've been programmed from a very young age to look at um, what deserves, I, I guess, what has value and what deserves money in that way. So this is your sign to decapitalize your mind on that and just compensate people and redistribute your wealth. This is your sign. <laughs> <laughs>